0: And now, I'll introduce today's guest. Healthcare is something that's always on the radar screen of politicians and governments in Canada. Lately, it's been getting a lot of attention in the United States. Having a government there provide some kind of coverage for the uninsured has been a controversial issue. And for many of us standing on the sidelines, it's been an eye-opener. For one thing, it's reminded us that we can't take our own system for granted. It's in the last six years, healthcare spending has increased by 45% in this province. It's now our single biggest expense. But the new budget tabled a couple of weeks ago had some important differences. And it could be that some positive changes are on the horizon for healthcare in Ontario. First off, I'm sure all of us, including our guests today, were relieved when our health care was one area in which spending wasn't cut. It's no secret that our population is aging. As the baby boomers start moving into, their, into the 60s, they'll be placing a lot more demand on the system. So it's critical that we start taking steps now to meet those demands. Last fall, when Deb Matthews agreed to become Ontario's Minister of Health and Long-Term Care, the Honourable Member for London North Centre knew she had a work cut out for her. But she's no one to shy away from a challenge. She said the Ontarians deserve transparency and accountability in their health care and that they expect a strong health care system and sound management and fiscal responsibilities for those who run it. Today, she's speaking to us about putting patients first and building the health care system that people of Ontario deserve. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Minister of Health Care and Long-Term Care, the Honourable Deb Matthews.
1: Well, thank you very much, John, and thank you all for being here. It's really quite wonderful to know so many people care about health care in this province. I'm not sure how many of you would have been here had I been speaking as Minister of Children and Youth Services, but my guess is we wouldn't have had to move to a larger room. Thank you for being here. Your presence indicates your commitment to better health care in this province. I want to say thanks to the Canadian Club, too, for inviting me here today and, and, and offering an opportunity, not just today, but every uh, lunch they have, of having a conversation about matters that are important to people in, uh, in Canada and in Toronto. So thank you, the Canadian Club. So I'm celebrating an anniversary today. Six months ago, the Premier called me into his office and told me that I was going to be the new Health Minister. So, thanks for coming to share this, uh, this anniversary with me. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, it's, it's been quite a six months, as you can imagine. I've learned so much. And I've had the opportunity to, to travel across the province, not as much as I would like to have done, but I will be doing more of that. But I've met people who, who make health care their life's work And I have to tell you, I have been so enormously impressed by the people that I have met at family health teams, at uh, hospitals, community health centers, at our Lynn offices, uh, conferences on various issues. I have been enormously impressed by the commitment of people who work in health care, and I want to say thank you for that passion. The pride that Ontarians have in their healthcare system is truly remarkable. I'm talking now about all of us, not just those who work in healthcare. The debate on healthcare south of the border has reinforced the fierce determination of Ontarians to protect and strengthen our universal single-payer system of healthcare in this province. I want you to know that I am very, very honoured to have the job that I have And I consider it to be, in some ways, a sacred trust. I know that people are counting on me, not just to ensure the strength of health care today, but also to ensure that it is there for generations to come. Now I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Politicians are actually people first. We are not born into the role of of a politician or a minister. We arrive at that role. And when we arrive, we bring a range of life experiences and perspectives with us. That's why diversity in our elected bodies is so important, because each of us have have experiences. Each of us uh, are influenced by those life experiences. They shape our priorities and our approaches. I'm no different. I bring to healthcare my experiences, and I thought I might uh, share some of that with you. The first thing I am is uh, I'm a member of a family, and I'm absolutely honored that my son Tim is with us today. Uh, Tim is uh, Tim is a great uh, a great support and a great uh, source of inspiration for me. I've got three kids, three grown kids. I'm a grandmother, and I've got two more on the way. Uh, it's, it's, uh, so I, I bring my role as a, as a parent to this. The kids and the grandkids to me represent the future. They teach me about the importance of the sustainability of the health care system. I am determined to put in place the foundation required to ensure that the excellent health care system we have today is there not just for today, but also for generations to come. When Tim's a grandfather. I'm also a daughter. Both my parents are now into their 80s. They've spent their entire lives contributing to their communities, and now it's their turn to get a little help back. What my parents are teaching me is that it's not just about getting the best medical treatment, although that is vital. It's also about getting the best care. There's a big difference. What I'm learning from my parents is that sometimes the care of patients gets lost in the treatment of patients. Another perspective I bring is I'm a demographer. I, uh, I went back to school as a very mature student and earned a PhD in demography after I was elected, actually. I've studied our aging, our growing, and our increasingly diverse population. What I learned from that is there is an unstoppable demographic tsunami headed our way. Not just are the baby boomers approaching the age where they'll need more health care, but people are living longer, and they're living longer with more complex health conditions. We also have fewer children to take care of us. The kids we do have live further away. And you know what? Our daughters are working. That's going to impact our health care system. Another perspective I bring as an MPP, I represent the riding of London North Centre, 120,000 people. They hired me to do this job and I will never forget that. My constituents teach me every day about what is working in our healthcare system and more often what is not working in our healthcare system. Through my constituents, I learned that there is much more to do and that healthcare matters a lot. You can imagine that being minister is a very busy job. Health travels at a million miles an hour. There is always a mountain of information to learn, an endless backlog of meetings and briefings, correspondence to to respond to, and of course the daily joy of question period and media scrums. The blackberries buzz endlessly. That's why It's important to keep really focused on what matters. And what matters are the people. That's why I've invited McKenna and Karen to join us today. Karen Metcalf is from Windsor, and her little girl is McKenna. I wonder if you could give us a little wave. you say hello? (laughs) Karen recently wrote to the Toronto Star, about the experience of her daughter, McKenna. I've put copies of the article that she wrote on your tables so you too can be reminded of what healthcare is all about. I was very touched by their story, and that's why I invited them to be here today. McKenna loves to read. Uh, she's, uh, I think, did you get your pasta with tomato sauce and feta cheese, McKenna? That's what we ordered up for you. She's coloring her Tinker Bell. And uh, I think she's doing just beautifully. Thanks, McKenna. McKenna was not even five years old when she was diagnosed with a brain tumor. I simply cannot imagine what Karen went through. I'm a mom. uh, It's impossible for me to imagine that experience. In January, just this past January, Karen took McKenna to the Windsor Regional Hospital. Within days, she'd had an MRI. Seven hours later, she was in an ambulance on her way to London. Within 36 hours of their arrival at Children's Hospital in London, McKenna underwent a 12-hour surgery to remove a brain tumor. A few days later, she had a second surgery and was in critical care for over a week. You can see for yourself, she's doing extremely well. So Karen wrote a letter to, to the Windsor Star, and, uh, and I happened to get a copy. And, and as I say, I was quite moved with it. Her, her, she describes the care she got and how extraordinary it was to get the exceptional care. She ends her letter with this. She says, our health care system, our health care system, is giving my family the opportunity to celebrate my daughter's fifth birthday this week we might sing O oh Canada instead of Happy Birthday when she blows out the candles. That kind of choked me up, I'll be honest with you. And, uh, and I wanted McKenna and Karen to be here uh, to remind us of the work that we do. The system put McKenna first. Every person in the system put McKenna and her family first. And I just want to say thanks to Karen for standing up for healthcare in Ontario. Thank you, Karen. I want to say thanks to Karen for appreciating the hard work, the dedication of our extraordinary healthcare workers. And I want to tell you, McKenna, that you are a very brave little girl. You're an inspiration to me and to everyone here today. Thank you. So when you think healthcare, think McKenna, when you think healthcare, think Karen. That's what we need to focus on. How always putting the patient first will drive the quality of our system. It will lead to better value for the money we spend and ensure that the excellent health care we enjoy today is around when McKenna celebrates the fifth birthday of her grandchild. I stand here today knowing that we're at an important juncture when it comes to health care in this province. This is an exciting time. We've spent the last six and a half years since our election in 2003 rebuilding a system that was badly neglected by the previous government. Hospitals were closed, nurses were fired, programs were cancelled, and funding was cut. People couldn't get a family doctor. They were waiting far, far too long for hip replacement or for cataract surgery. Professionals were leaving Ontario for better opportunities elsewhere. Ontarians had enough and they demanded better. And that's why, in 2003, Dalton McGuinty and, uh, and, and the Liberal Party was elected to government. We knew that massive investments were needed, to, uh, were needed to be made to restore the system, to meet the needs of Ontarians and, uh, and protect our universal system of health care from privatization. We started investing. The results have followed. We've increased spending enormously by 57% in six and a half years. 57% in six and a half years. That's $16.7 billion more on health care today than in 2003. We've got more than 10,000 new nurses working. We've got uh, more than 900,000 Ontarians attached to to a primary health care provider that they did not have before. We've expanded medical school enrollment so that by 2013, we will have doubled the number of doctors graduating every year. We've opened a new medical school in the North, and we've tremendously increased opportunities for international medical graduates. And that's why we've got 2,300 more doctors practicing medicine today than we did in 2003. Our wait time strategy continues uh, to, to, uh, to reduce wait times for people in our hospitals. In fact, just a few weeks ago, the CIHI, uh, the Canadian Institute for Health Information, reported that wait times in Ontario for hip replacements, cataract surgery, knee replacements, cancer radiation treatment and CT scans have all come down. Ontario is is one of only two provinces in the country where uh, 75% or more patients receive treatment within the benchmark timeframe. It's extraordinary progress in a relatively short period of time. The question now facing us is how can we continue to provide the services we do with the increasing demands on our system and still fund other priorities like education, public transit, the environment, all the other things people expect their government to provide? How can we ensure the same care that McKenna received is there for future generations? Here's the thing, just, just uh, 20 years ago, $0.32 cents of every dollar that was spent in the province by the government was spent on health care, $0.32. Cents. Now it's $0.46 cents of every dollar. In 12 years, if we don't do anything differently, it could be $0.70 cents of every dollar. I think Don Drummond is here. I saw him earlier. Here he is right here. I think he put it best. I think he, uh, he described health spending as Pac-Man. It's eating everything in everybody else's budget. It's true. And I can tell you, as a former minister of Children and Youth Services, as the uh, the author of Ontario's poverty reduction strategy, I can tell you there are other priorities. So we do have to get health care spending under control. So what do we do? No, the answer is not not to cut services, left, right, and centre, or to limit access or to increase wait times. Governments have tried that before. We've seen the consequences. Our approach is different. Even in this tough economy, as John said in our recent budget, we were able to, to increase funding again for Ontario hospitals, just like we have every year since 2003. It's not just hospitals overall all our spending in the coming year on health care will increase by 6%. But we know that this is a transition year for us. 6% is just not sustainable. To respond, the government has launched the Open Ontario Plan. This plan will strengthen our economy. It will create more jobs. Growing our economy means being open to change, opportunities, and our new world. This plan includes health care. We're going to start with quality. As I said, we've really been focusing on access. Now we're turning our attention to quality. I intend to introduce legislation that will further improve the quality of our system, drive better value for the health care dollars, and ensure that patients are the focus of our health care system. After all, it's patients as taxpayers who own the system we're all working for them. And we better make sure they like what we're doing, that they're getting what they paid for. Our boss is McKenna. Let me share with you some questions I've had since I've become minister. Why is it that we've been talking about patient-centered care for years? And still, healthcare organizations are not mandated to consistently track the quality of the patient experience? Why is it that under a publicly funded healthcare care system, we don't demand that the salary of healthcare care executives be tied to the quality of health care within their organizations? Why is it that each hospital is required to, by law to have an interprofessional, interprofessional committee dedicated to financial issues, but there is no requirement for a similar committee focused on the quality of patient care? How do we change that? We intend to introduce legislation which addresses these issues related to quality. We also need to consider value. We need to ask ourselves, are taxpayers getting the very best value for every dollar they spend in health care? I ask this question when I travel. I have never said, had anyone say the answer is yes. Everyone understands we could get better value in our health care system so we will be addressing that too. We'll be creating an independent expert advisory body to provide evidence-based recommendations on clinical practice guidelines, because we can't afford to keep paying for things that aren't improving patient outcomes. This will be a patient-first model. The focus on the patient will also lead to modernizations about how our hospitals are funded, We cannot continue to simply increase global budgets for hospitals year over year without beginning to address the value received for the investment. Now, you can imagine, because we hold health care so near and dear, that there are some people who have questions. Critics are jumping to conclusions about what this really means, and I want to take this opportunity to set some facts straight. First of all... We are steadfastly, passionately committed to universal, single-payer health care in the province of Ontario. Less than a year after being elected in 2003, we passed our commitment to the Future of Medicare Act, which strengthened the prohibition of two-tier health care. Whoever needs help will get help. Period. Full stop. Secondly, We will take the time to get this right. I intend to begin expanded pilots and simulations in the coming months with the goal of introducing some increased form of patient-based payment in the coming year. It's not really that radical. It's what we've been doing on wait times. This approach helped the government to deliver on our promise to lower wait times across the board. The third principle I want to talk about is that We recognize that health care options for people who live in Timmins are different than they are for people who live in Toronto. That's why we're not considering widespread changes to how we fund hospitals in small rural communities. The main goal is to move toward a model where hospitals are compensated for services they provide and not just get base funding increases year over year. The principle behind these changes is simple. Poor quality care increases costs. It results in avoidable procedures and unnecessary bounce-backs into the emergency departments. Excellent quality care, on the other hand, actually reduces costs. So patient-based payment gives hospitals a strong incentive to ensure the quality of care is high. There are already great examples of hospitals implementing important changes across the province, I'm going to take Windsor Regional Hospital for one example, but there could be so many more. There, they're doing something called the Monday morning huddle. Staff gets together for 10 or 15 minutes every Monday morning, and they huddle. They focus on specific patient safety and quality (coughs) indicators. Weekly data results are circulated by Friday noon, and improvement teams develop specific action plans to, to... Uh, For improvement for the next week. As a result of this huddle, the hospital has seen an overall decrease in patient falls with injury by 83%. That actually didn't take more money. It took commitment by the people in the hospital. They've seen an increase in hand hygiene compliance by 20%. It's not just higher quality. It's lower cost but most importantly, it's better patient care. There are countless examples of this work being done across the province, and we're going to be asking hospitals to keep doing it, and we're going to reward them for doing it. I know we can get better value for the investments being made. As I say, so do the people I've met on my travels, and that means better care for patients. We are all in this together. We all recognize the unsustainable pattern of healthcare spending. We know we have to do things differently. I want you to know that our government will do our part to ensure we get the very best value for the money we spend on healthcare. This afternoon, I will be announcing significant changes to the prices Ontarians pay for prescription drugs. We are simply not getting the best value for the billions of dollars we spend on generic drugs. It simply isn't fair. It's not getting the best value. We're going to change this by eliminating uh, professional allowances and we're going to be reducing the prices of generic drugs. Not everyone is going to be happy with this, but I can assure you it's the right thing to do for the patients of Ontario. This is the kind of leadership that demonstrates this government's commitment to doing things differently to get the best value for money. We're also going to be inviting all Ontarians to engage in a dialogue about the future of healthcare in this province. I want to know what Karen thinks can further improve our system. I want to know what McKenna thinks, too. We'll be asking people who work in the system to join us in this dialogue. And we'll be asking the public to join us, too. Countries around the world face the very same dilemma. Provinces too. The question is, do we in Ontario want to lead this discussion or do we want to follow it? The road ahead is challenging. There will be naysayers. There will be fear mongers. We will all have to work very, very hard to take off our sector hats and put on our citizen of Ontario hats. I will need everyone's help to get it right. Other governments have faced this similar questions. Some have simply failed in the test. All they did was cut. That's not the approach we will take. We will not sacrifice quality, not by a long shot. We will continue improving care for people while ensuring that their hard-earned tax dollars are receiving the highest possible value. So one day, When McKenna is celebrating her 50th birthday, not her fifth, but her 50th birthday with her family, she knows that the system that saved her life is there to take care of her grandkids. Karen and McKenna deserve nothing less, and neither do you. Thank you very much.
0: Um, I'd uh, now like to call on Alan O'Deck, past president of the Canadian Club, to the podium.
1: Thanks very much, John. Thank you, Minister Matthews. It really is uh, refreshing and inspiring to know that patients are at the centre of everything uh, you're doing as, as the Minister of Health. We all know the ageing population and the increase in, in costs. So. Um, we are behind you and supportive of you. And I think today you've brought a little bit more confidence to uh, to this room that the right person is in charge of the Ministry of Health and that you have patients first. So thank you very much for all that you
0: do. <clears throat> thanks, Alan. And thank you very much, Minister Matthews. And, and thanks once again to TELUS for making today possible. Thanks again. This concludes our television programming, which has been broadcast live on Rogers TV. We are grateful to Rogers TV and 680 News for their continuing promotion of Canadian Club events. This meeting is now adjourned. Have a good afternoon. Thank you.